It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Programme. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get A through it. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, and uh, we got a great show in store. Coming up uh, a little later in the show, in the uh, third half of our three-hour tour, a recent study from Consumer Reports Digital Lab reveals that 96% of Americans agree there should be more done to protect consumer privacy. And we're going to talk to the uh, CEO of the At Company, Barbara Talent, who will be joining us uh, by phone to talk about a new Internet protocol that deals with just that, Internet privacy. In the second hour of our three-hour tour, we're going to talk to um, the New York Times bestseller John Hart about his new book, The Hush. But first, um, we've uh, talked a lot over the last uh, several weeks and months about various uh, aspects of how COVID-19 has impacted our lives. But the one thing that might surprise you is that uh, charitable giving is up during the pandemic. And uh, a recent data study uh, from Kindest um, is uh, the subject of our conversation this hour with Kindus CEO David Samarad. Um, David, welcome to the show. Uh, good morning. Thanks for having me. Did I say your last name right, David? Uh, yeah, David Samarad. Okay. I'm terrible with names, so I I apologize if I no if, if I stumble on it a little bit. Um, but what about um, what about Kindest? Uh, where does that name come from? Well, it's pronounced kindest. Um, okay. uh, I, I couldn't, I wasn't sure. I was thinking Kindle and Kindest, you know. Um, 
because it, it is a platform, but it also deals with fundraising, so Kindest makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, love the name because it really expresses who we are. Uh, our goal is to get as much money to charities all over the world as possible, so that's why we think that um, Kindest is, is the right name for our company. And what prompted you to do this study? Was that something you wanted to share with uh, potential clients and say, look, there's people out there giving and we can help you tap into that? It's important to know uh, what's happening in all different states uh, where we are helping different organizations. So overall, uh, it's also very helpful for nonprofits to be able to benchmark how much they're fundraising, how much they're getting from individual donors and what are the uh, national and uh, and states averages? And David, the um, let, let's talk about the the findings a little bit. Were you surprised to find out that uh, that donations uh, across the country were up during COVID by something like twenty five percent? I was not. Uh, we before the, I mean, when the pandemic started, we analyzed the historical data, and actually, it seems like um, individual donations from um, you know, from donors uh, who gave around you know hundred to five hundred thousand dollars, they actually are up in a crisis. And the reason for that is that uh, even like in two thousand eight, people people care about what's what's going on um in their state or or uh or uh in the nation and um last year was incredibly busy with uh, so many uh, uh so many um things happening there was the pandemic that started in march um there was uh it was the election year and also uh, Black Lives Matter actually uh, contributed for a lot of uh, money to charities as well. So all these things combined actually um, really pushed so many people to um, step up and uh, give money to charities because they were not happy with uh, what was happening. It could have been uh, at local organizations being affected by COVID-19. Uh, it could have been uh, all those other things that I m mentioned and... Um, as I said, like people are based on data, very uh, good. Humanity uh, is really good, and uh, and uh, I'm pleased to see how it resulted in um, in uh, overall average, but also in Michigan. Like the uh, donations in Michigan are 20 percent up, which is uh, incredible. It, that is incredible. Something like uh, an average of 439 dollar uh, gifts from uh, Michiganians uh, during the um, two various charities in the year 2020. Um, do you have a, a sense, David, for how much um, charitable giving is, is done in the U.S. annually and how much of that is done online? Uh, yeah, overall, uh, we're talking about hundreds of uh, billions of dollars uh, each year. It's um, in 2018 and 19 was around. Uh, it was more than 400 billion. Uh, wow. In terms of online, it's actually a very small portion. Um, it uh, used to be around 8.5 percent, but uh, we expect that um, once the data actually is released from last year, um, that it would go up because you know last year was very 
um, transformative for a lot of uh, nonprofit organizations. They couldn't do their regular fundraisers where they host people up for events um, and go chicken, di- chicken dinners. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> that was not possible. So they had to transfer a lot of that fundraising efforts online, and that's actually what Kindness is doing. We help organizations to uh, with this transition. We help them to set up all the uh, online fundraising through campaigns, and we make it in such a easy way, uh, but also extremely compelling for the donors. You know, what we realized, donor um, really donors really appreciate transparency. They really want to know um, where their money is going. So we are really pushing and and building this system in a way where um, once you give, you know, it could be a $20 gift, it could be a $40 gift, but then we will keep you informed exactly what happened with your money and how the organization is doing. So um, that's the one incredible thing that, which we are able to do for both donors and nonprofits. Um if people were to, with your particular fundraising platform, I'm curious about this, um, do you have uh, charitable organizations that are that are members that, that you handle their on, online fundraising for, or can people go to Kindest and give to whatever cause they want? Uh, we are structured in a way where um, we primarily focus on uh, the nonprofit organizations that set up um, their own system, and uh, then people would go to their website or they would find out through social media, um, and we help them with all that. So we help them uh, with posting to social media, we help them with sending emails and text messages. Um, Kindness.com is not uh, primarily focused um, uh, for donors yet, but um, first of all, if you go there, you can find the the study that we have done. There is a link. But yeah. uh, also, we feature a couple of the best organizations or platforms. So definitely, if you're looking for inspirations where to give, you can go to kindness.com and uh, find some. I, I was curious about that because I've run into situations where um, either I or someone I know would want to make a gift online, say, through one of the social media things. And they would only approve certain um, certain causes. Yeah, uh, I get that. Um, you know, it's a good idea. Um, I I hear what you're saying, and uh, and maybe um, uh, you should focus more on selecting the very best organizations. We have uh, thousands on the platform, so we could definitely group them together and uh, feature them more. Um, that's a good idea. Thank you. Yeah, I, I the the reason that I say that is because you know very often someone will have a, a situation in their life. I, just recently, um, a member of uh, my extended family um, passed away, and, and from a fairly rare, well, thank you, uh, a fairly rare um, cancer, and it was very difficult to find an organization that was accepting donations for research into that particular cancer there was one and it worked out but not without jumping through a lot of hoops so i, I you know I, I wonder if the platforms are um more based on the people receiving the the contributions 
as opposed to the people who are trying to make contributions? Yeah, it's uh, more focused uh, right now on the receiving, but uh, I totally hear what you're saying. It is uh, also a problem that we we need to solve, and um, I we have that on our product roadmap. So in a matter of months or uh, a year or so, we definitely will um, develop um, this consumer portal where not only that the nonprofits can go and uh, implement their software, but also donors could go and um, see what are the charities that actually focus on the issues that they care about. David, do you know um, of, of all that, uh, of all those billions of dollars that are um, part of the, the charitable giving landscape in the U.S., what are maybe the, the top two or three uh, causes that that Americans support. Uh, what I know is that the churches uh, are the largest category. Uh, people uh, give the church of, of, of over twenty percent of that actually goes to um, uh, religious organizations. So that's the by far uh, the largest one. Are colleges still high on the list? Yeah, colleges as well. People like to give to their alma mater. Yeah, uh, when you look at some of the colleges, they um, uh, I think it's a case of Stanford where they have uh, one third of um, all their funding actually coming from their former students. Yeah, those um, alumni uh, charitable giving programs at colleges are uh, almost legendary in fundraising circles, aren't they? Yeah, they're very good. They're very skilled. And the best part is, uh, you know, you, you produce, you give education to people who are uh, one of the most influential uh, than in the job market or in, in the world. And um, that really um, creates this connection. And then you are just more likely to, to give back. David, I'm I'm fascinated by this, and I want to talk some more, but I have a break coming up in a minute or so. Um, can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk a little bit more about kindest and, and fundraising in general? I'll be happy to. Okay. My guest is uh, the CEO of Kindest, which is a fundraising platform. David Semerod is his name, and um, we're going to talk some more about a study they did that showed... Uh, people contributing more in 2020 and estimates that that at least half of Americans are planning on donating even more this year, uh, partially due to uh, COVID. But we'll talk about that a lot more with David Semerod. If you're listening to us on WFOV 92.1 FM, our voices radio in Flint, they are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my friend Paul Herring. Um, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in uh, or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We're going to talk more about fundraising right after this. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Wearing a mask helps prevent the spread of COVID-19. Wear your mask correctly. Wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds before putting on your mask. Holding the ear loops or ties Make sure the mask covers your nose and mouth and secure it around your chin. Try to fit it snugly against the sides of your face. Make sure you can breathe easily and keep the mask on the entire time you're in public. To learn more, visit cdc.gov slash coronavirus. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. The Tom Sumner Program.com.
Tom Sumner Program.com This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're talking this hour about uh, charitable giving under uh, COVID and how the uh, pandemic has impacted uh, co- uh, charitable giving with charity, charity expert and the CEO of a uh, fundraising platform called Kindest, David Semerad, who uh, is with me by phone. David, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. All good. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Um, David, when we're talking about uh, charitable giving, is is it still true that, that people with the least to give give more of their limited resources than, than people that are very wealthy and can make large gifts? Unfortunately, when you look at how much uh, percentage-wise people give from their income, uh, it is true. And, and that always seems amazing uh, to me, um, and and I'm not sure um, if if what that really says about wealth. Um, you know what it says is that. Uh, uh, People who are regular Americans just are uh, more giving than um, uh, than the ones that um, uh, make a lot of wealth. They sometimes forget that uh, they also should distribute part of the wealth to to others, and possibly also once you are donating uh, thousands of dollars, it feels like a lot of money, and uh, you might just forget that in terms of how much of an overall income it is for you, <clears throat> it is actually not that much. So uh, that's something that we are also trying to change. We, we want to um, display, um, we want to give more credit to small gifts and uh, really make sure that donors know how much their contribution is helping. But we also want to encourage uh, wealthier donors, uh, especially the ones who have uh, donor advice funds, to, to give more and um, try to give part of their uh, death away once uh, it's needed, like this and last year because of the pandemic. And I, I found it interesting that the um, in the study, uh, it you asked uh, people what their plans were with regard to charitable giving this coming year, 2021. And just over half said they were planning on donating even more this year. Were you surprised by that, or did you kind of see that coming? We feel that donors are activated. They, as I mentioned, there were so many issues last year, like the pandemic, the elections, the Black Lives Matter, um, and all of that actually made people aware that they need to take the matters in their own hands and the government is not going to do everything for them. And uh, therefore, we feel this power. Uh, We feel that people want to change the world around them more than ever. And that is reflected in how much uh, is being given to charities that are uh, the the ones doing something uh, with 
the wishes of the of the of the public, and uh, therefore we expect that this year will be equally as strong, if not stronger, uh, than last year. Do you think that um, that that the pandemic, uh, because of this notion that a lot of people are spending a lot more time at home and a lot more time online, has brought people who maybe didn't make it to events and and didn't go to fundraisers and and didn't contribute are are maybe more apt to give and and more apt to find out because they're online so much and and there are opportunities to give that maybe they didn't know about before yeah as i was talking about nonprofits not being able to host these galas and in-person events they have asked their donors to give online so that's one one thing that contributes to it but also what we what we've seen is a lot of people being isolated at home it's a lonely thing and we are not um, programmed that way as human beings we are social creatures um, we are meant to be around others and uh, the need for social belonging is reflecting in caring about others you know online and that's one thing that we do really well at Kindest is um, we, we create this kind of community feeling that it's not just you um, giving money to an organization. It's you and hundreds or thousands other people. And you can feel their presence once you are giving through our platform. You see, um, at this moment, we are uh, bringing on some more features which will be even more focused on, on this community of donors that will be able to interact with each other and really um, fill this uh, hole in their souls that has, been, that has been done by the pandemic and make sure that they are more social and around other people. How are you um, screening the charitable causes and, and connecting with them? And, and how do you uh, reach donors? So what we do is uh, before any organization joins our platform, we ask for their 501c3 certificate, um, which is uh, a certificate issued by the RRS, um, giving the organization's tax-exempt status. Right. So that's, uh, that's the must. Uh, that's, the, that's the primary requirement. So we leave that up to the IRS to actually decide which organizations can uh, be tech exempt, and once they once we have that, um, then uh, we screen them for any kind of uh, uh, I would say ethical um, uh, code of conduct that we have on the platform, just to make sure that everything is uh, uh, legal, uh, everything is within the boundaries of what we have set as a platform to support, and uh, and then. Um, uh, we, as I mentioned, we, we push them to really display and send a lot of information about the organization as well as uh, where the money goes to the donors. So in the end, it would be, it is up to donors to, um, to see what's happening with their money or what's happening with their potential money and then decide whether it's a, it's a cause they want to support or not. When did uh, Kindest launch? We launched about three years ago. And and David, what were you doing before launching this? What what led you to uh, be the the one of the founders of this? 
I spent my entire life in software development. Um, I've been in tech since I was 17 in high school. Uh, that's when I started my first company. Um, and being around uh, so many creative fo- founders and and people, um, one of them was uh, my co-founder, Holly, who actually was doing a fundraiser for her niece that um, is affected by this very uh, special Prader-Willi syndrome. Um, it's similar to what you were saying, that um, you wanted to support a cancer that that is not that's not really that common. So it was the same in this case. And so her sister was uh, throwing this fundraiser and the technology they were using was just not up, up to par of what my expectations are. Um, it was very hard to donate on mobile and um, that kind of sparked uh, the the initial kind of idea of kindest. Uh, we looked at uh, all the technology available, we realized that most of the software providers in the space for nonprofits are charging a lot of money. Uh, they take cuts from donations. That's something that we uh, are not doing. We um, we pass on all the money that uh, are being raised to the nonprofits. And so we uh, had a lot of um, things we wanted to change about the way money is being fundraised and um, decided to start Kindest. Is there is there such a thing as a donor profile? Um, and I'm talking about in very general terms. Who's more likely to give, men or women, uh, young, old, etc.? It really depends on the specific cause that uh, we are talking about. But what we have seen is, based on our research, is that millennials are actually the most giving generation. Um, 74 percent of millennials gave to charity last year um which is an incredible number and uh how many it's a huge 74 uh, percent wow and and that's that's funny david because millennials seem so self-involved <laughs> yeah well um you know it really depends uh um on uh, who you are surrounded by but uh the overall data from um all the states uh, really show that uh, millennials are very giving. I think there is a, I think there is a shift in terms of how we think about the world around us. You know, wealth, monetary wealth, is no longer everything. It's no longer perceived as the only thing that matters when it comes to accomplishment. The, these days, people care much more about um, how you are. Uh, how active you are in terms of um, various causes um, when it comes to uh, global warming, when it comes to local issues in politics, whatever that is, um, people care more. And uh, I think that's the reason why we are also seeing these uh, these shifts on, on, the, on the platform uh, in terms of how much people donate. And we talked in the last segment uh, briefly about... Um charitable giving for churches and colleges which you know historically do very well at at fundraising but what are some of the the more popular causes is it medical research is it culture in the arts what what kinds of things are are doing very well 
Yeah, the, the biggest one, as I mentioned, is the definitely the, the churches. But uh, we're also seeing a lot of uh, organizations that uh, have something to do with human rights. Um, also, mm. animals. We have a lot of animal shelters on of the platform course. that are saving um, dogs and cats from the streets. So we have uh, organizations that um, are active in terms of Black Lives Matters. Um, we have... Uh, uh, a lot of organizations, a lot of organizations helping uh, to feed the homeless or um, various support, uh, affordable living, um, you name it. There's there's a lot of uh, things that uh, are um, they're very um, sensitive or, or very needed in terms of uh, services and therefore money raised for. Are, are the uh, the big organizations? Um still leading the pack and and i'm talking about like uh i i don't know the uh various uh like the american cancer society or um you know some of these well-known charities that have been around for a long time march of dimes uh are, are are they still at the forefront or has it um have some new players entered the uh the field. I understand your question. Um, historically, the largest nonprofits would um, uh, would take majority of the money raised, but uh, we see also a huge shift in those terms. It's because the the world is being structured uh, more locally. Um, Hyper local is the term, and um, you no longer want to just support. Um, UNICEF, you know, that's doing some good in the world. You also want to support in what's happening in your area. You know, you want to um, help the homeless in your town or you want to help those dogs um, uh, that are uh, being found on the streets in, in your town. Um, so, therefore, there is a slow shift um, and in terms of um, moving the money from only the large organizations to uh, even the lo uh, the local ones. And is is it um, is technology playing a significant role in the ability for small local organizations like food banks and animal shelters and so on to reach potential donors? It is indeed. Um, what uh, you couldn't imagine, uh, let's say, ten years ago, is uh, a small organization having the technology. Um, to process donations and uh, make it as rewarding for donors as UNICEF would be. But uh, these days, uh, because of Kindness and other uh, software providers to nonprofits, actually even the local organizations can, at no cost, um, can have the same access to technology as those large ones, which uh, gives them much higher chance of success. And how do... Um what's the best way for people to explore if they if they want to help in a particular cause? Is it going to a platform like Kindest and, and searching what's there or going directly to organizations set up to benefit the particular cause you're interested in? You can uh, you can go to kindness.com and get in touch with us, and we'll be happy to find you an organization in your area. 
Um, that's definitely one way. Um, but also you can um, ask around what are the nonprofits in your area. You can you can research on Google um, to see um, who is active. Um, I, I think that you know for people who want to help, um, they will always find a way to help. Now, with the study you did that showed uh, a 25% increase in uh, 2020 of charitable giving, was that that was that a lot of new people contributing, or was it kind of the usual suspects contributing more? Do you think the the pandemic um, has activated a lot of people that haven't been giving before? Um, so that's usually what happens in these years, as I was mentioning. These smaller donors um, are stepping up, and majority of them is 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 doing something. So. Uh, the last year was definitely, definitely, um, significant when it comes to new people being involved in, in charitable giving and, you know, simply for the reason that the year before, uh, hasn't been, hasn't been that crucial, hasn't been that critical, but there hasn't been that many, uh, bad or, um, weird things happening, but last year was really, really extraordinary when it comes to those terms. And it just made so many people uh, step up and give money to charities. As tough as 2020 was for a lot of people, it's nice to hear that there was some good that came, that comes out of it. Yeah. Um, when I look at the data, it always makes me so happy to see how giving uh, people are. It just makes me believe in humanity that uh, we care so much about each other. Well, this is uh, fascinating information, David. Um, has uh, Kindest done other studies like this, or is this uh, sort of a, an annual state-of-the-field uh, report? Uh, this is the first study that we have released. Um, <clears throat> as I said, we've been around only for three years, but we definitely plan to do similar studies in the future as well. Of of this kind, or will you be studying other trends in in fundraising as well? Uh, we are going to be adding different uh, uh, different metrics that we will focus on. Uh, you mentioned a couple of questions that uh, we definitely could uh, could cover in our future studies, like the uh, different types of organizations that are the most popular um, and other things. Well, David, it's been uh, a real pleasure talking with you. Thanks so much for spending this this time with me. I really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I I love to talk about charitable giving. I love to talk about how giving people are and how amazing the organizations that we have at kindness.com are. So thank you so much for having me. All right. Take care, David. Best of luck. Have a good one. All right. That was uh, David Semerod. He is the CEO of Kindest and a charity charity expert. Kindest uh, conducted a data study and found that uh, COVID has pushed up charitable donations by 25% in 2020 and that over half of Americans plan on donating more in 2021, largely due to, uh, due to COVID. Um, Anyway, we've got lots more of the Tom Sumner program coming up, so stay tuned.
wash my hands I don't touch my face I stay at home Shelter in place Social distance Don't go to work I wear a mask and gloves Stay away from church slipped out was, you crazy woman, you've ruined my life. <laughs> of course, I immediately apologized <laughs> as soon as I regained consciousness. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Summer Program.com The Tom Summer Program.com
Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. If you are sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a mask to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing or if you are worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. The Tom Sumner Program, celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan. common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com 
This is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. She wheels her wheelbarrow through streets that are narrow. Her barrow is narrow, her hips are too wide. So wherever she wheels it, the neighborhood feels it. Her girdle keeps scraping the homes on each side. In Dublin's fair city, where girls are so pretty, my Molly stands out cause she weighs 18 stone. It's 256 pounds. I don't mind her fat, but... It's not only that, but... She's cockeyed and muscle-bound, Molly Malone. Know a man, his name is Lang, and he has a neon sign. And Mr. Lang is very old, so they call it Old Lang Sign. Oh, what have you done, Billy Sal, Billy Sal? Oh, what have you done, charming Billy? You took almost every cent from the U.S. government, which you spent on fertilizer, which is silly. <laughs> all day, all night, Cary Grant. That's all I hear from my wife is Cary Grant. What can he do that I can't? Big deal, big star, Cary Grant. Oh, the moon is bright tonight upon the car wash. So I'm having my Volkswagen washed again. But the way things go with me, the way my luck runs, just as soon as they're finished, it will rain. On top of old Smokey, all covered with hair. Of course, I'm referring to Smokey the Bear. Here's a famous old folk song that you all know entitled Aura Lee. Every time you take vaccine, take it orally. As you know, the other way is more painfully. My grandfather's clock was the best ever made by the Timex Company. Just like the clock John Cameron Swayze displayed last night on the old TV. Oh, it works underwater so perfectly, and it still makes a ticking sound. 
Which my grandfather tried only this afternoon And that's how the old man drowned <laughs> Do not make a stingy sandwich pile the cold cuts high Customers should see salami coming through the right Oh, I diet all day and I diet all night It's enough to drive me bats Got no gravy or potatoes Cause the whole refrigerator's full of polyunsaturated fats Fairly well, Metrical And the others of that ilk Let the diet start tomorrow Cause today I'll drown my sorrow in a double malted milk When you go to the delicatessen star Don't buy the liverwurst Don't buy the liverwurst Don't buy the liverwurst I repeat what I just said before Don't buy the liverwurst Don't buy the liverwurst Oh, buy the corned beef if you must The pickled herring you can trust And the lox puts you in orbit A-okay but that big hunk of liverwurst has been there since October 1st And today is the 23rd of May So when you go to the delicatessen store Don't buy the liverwurst Don't buy the liverwurst Don't buy the liverwurst It'll make your insides awful sore Don't buy the liverwurst Don't buy the liverwurst This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. What a wonder 
colors of the rainbow so pretty in the sky also on the faces of people going by I see friends shaking hands saying how do you do they're really saying I love you I hear babies cry watch them grow they'll learn much more than I'll ever know and I think to myself What a wonderful world And I think to myself What a spreading like a plague and POTUS and his lackeys have been nothing if not vague well then you've got to trust the CDC and listen well unless you want to bid our free society farewell there is a super bad transmittable contagious awful virus and if we don't act quick and social distance it will mire us in a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July a super bad transmittable contagious awful and if you got a better cough in your arm, and if you got a better... <coughs> now, back in 1918, influenza had its run. But half the docks were busy overseas with World War One. Today we have mass media and scientists to say, if you don't want this virus, well, then stay six feet away. It's super damn important that we practice isolation, because we are asymptomatic while it's an incubation. We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation. It's super damn important that we practice isolation. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart. Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start. If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized. Oh, Superman! Transmittable, contagious, awful virus. If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us in a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July. A super bad transmittable, super bad transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad transmittable, contagious, awful virus. You pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. <laughs>